Ura Animote, the seen and the hidden, the front side and the back side. We are going to talk about this seen and hidden version of training and of protecting yourself and living this protector's lifestyle today on this episode on the Peace Walker podcast. The question is, in today's day and age, how do you protect yourself, your family, and your community more effectively? Well, my name is Craig Gray, and today on the Peace Walker podcast, we're going to answer those questions and a whole bunch more. You're going to learn the power of protection, the art of influence, and the confidence of clarity as you build a protector's lifestyle to live, to protect, and to inspire at a whole new level. Episode 71 of the Peace Walker Podcast. This is Craig Gray. I am your host. And today we're going to be talking about Omote and Ura, the seen and the hidden, the public face and the private face, what is on the surface and what lies beneath, the front side and the back side. So that is what is in store for today on our episode of the Peace Walker Podcast. Speaking of seen and unseen, the surface and beneath, if you have not gotten onto my 6 com program, you need to explore that. At 6 all spelled out except for the dot, it's going to teach you the hidden. And not to be too esoteric or drama filled or anything, but uh, there is an obvious idea of protecting yourself, you know, what people intuitively believe to be so. And then there is what's really happening underneath the surface that drives those things that are seen. And you're going to start getting the inside track the secrets to what that is when you begin the six day defense program. So if you go to six com, it's going to start to open up a new world for you. It's going to open your eyes to a new way of seeing things, to a new way of thinking, to a new way of protecting yourself and other people. It's going to open up your life to this new way of operating out there, this new perception, this new identity. Um, I think this identity you always had within you, and that is the identity of being a protector. However, maybe you just never really explored it. Maybe you just never really embraced it or realized how deeply set that identity is. And when you exercise it, when you polish it, when you develop more skills and clarify it, how powerful it is in everything that you do, everything from getting a job to your relationships, to getting out of tight spots, to protecting yourself and other people, just everything that you do and how you live and how you go about the world. Sixdaydefense.com, all spelled out except for the dot. You're going to get 12 five-minute video lessons, two a day for six days. One video lesson is going to teach you a new perspective, 
and a concept. And the next video is going to go over a physical defensive tactic. They're equally important. So again, that's sixdaydefense.com. Get the program, embrace it. It is free except for your valuable time and attention and obviously your email. When you get onto that program, you're also going to get access to my almost daily emails where I send right to your inbox almost every day a tip trick, a tactic, a story, a concept of this lifestyle of being a peace walker, of being a protector. So I share with you stories from my own life. I share stories that has happened to me in the past. I share stories of, from other people, from other community members. Some are police officers, some are military, some are security, some are mothers, fathers, everyday people. There's stories from every walk of life because we are all protectors. And everyone's protecting something. We just have to make sure it's the right things. And there's a lot to learn about dealing with conflict and violence and living a good life from these stories. So you'll get those in your email box every single, well, almost every single day, probably somewhere between three to five a week. And you can learn from those. That is absolutely free except for your email, your time, and your attention. So get on it. Sixdaydefense.com, all spelled out except for the dot. All right, so let's get on with this episode number 71. And uh, it's amazing that it is November already. It's pretty chilly out right now, but the weather's nice, nice fall day. Uh, Leaves are turning, and uh, it's just beautiful weather. I like this time of year. It's a very... um, comforting time of year, a little hint of melancholy in in it. Um, Halloween is my favorite holiday, and uh, Thanksgiving is my favorite family holiday. I'm a big fan of Fourth of July, too, (laughs) Independence Day. Excuse me. But today I wanted to talk about Omote and Ura. Before I do that, I want to share a little story with you. So the other day, I had a young gentleman come in, strapping young lad comes in. He's from out of state. He moved here a little while back. He trained in Krav Maga for a few years in whatever state he was living in, and a very serious young man. And he comes in. My guess is he's probably in his, I would say, mid-20s-ish, maybe mid-late-20s. And uh, he's watching class, and it just seemed from his demeanor that you know he didn't know what the hell he was seeing, because I'm sure it did not match what his Krav Maga classes look like. Right now, it's um, fall, like I said, it's fall right now, and it's a little chilly. So usually in the fall and winter, for maybe a m- couple months, we work with jackets, right? So we put on jackets. Some of us wear gi tops or, you know, whether it's jiu-jitsu gi tops or judo gi tops or old karate gi tops or whatever. Or we wear a, you know, BDU coat or something that doesn't have a zipper. doesn't have to be crazy. You know, some people have like leather jackets on or whatever. Um, the pimp daddies of the Krav Maga class. But 
basically we just wear jackets because why? We live in Michigan. Half of the year we are wearing jackets. So you better know how to utilize them. You better know how to use them, get around with them, use them for your advantage and not have them be a detriment to you. So for a few months out of every year, we work with jackets. And so I show different ways of getting in and out of grips and how to how to manage a space and gain the balance points and all this crazy stuff that is more than just crop, right? I lean heavily upon my jiu-jitsu background and my budo taijutsu background for a lot of these things, um, a lot of these methods. And you have to remember, Amy Lichtenfeld was a black belt in judo. Uh, Daron Devon, who was, uh, I wouldn't say he was ever my instructor. I went to a seminar with him very early on. He was Israeli. He was the first non-Japanese person to, uh, to teach ninjutsu and to uh, establish dojo and ninjutsu outside of Japan in the early 70s. And obviously he was in the military, so he studied Krav Maga as well. And I met him early on in 1990, kind of melding together those two worlds for me of the Japanese approach in Budo Taijutsu with the Krav Maga. And uh, Daron was just a phenomenal practitioner and uh, he's still alive but nobody knows really where he's at I believe he's stomping around Tokyo he dropped out of the martial arts scene probably 20 25 years ago 20 years ago something like that uh, he was big into Feldenkrais and I, I believe he still does that Feldenkrais is like a it's like a body working um, system uh, kind of like massage meets Pilates or something like that he showed some stuff and you can google it <clears throat> it's pretty cool stuff body work, you know, physical therapy and massage type stuff and different exercises to keep you healthy and mobile and prevent and recover from injuries and so forth. But anyways, um, we're going over in class right now all these methods of dealing with a jacket, right? So um, this young guy's looking and, and you can just kind of see in his eyes that it wasn't what he was expecting. And he had all these questions about organizational ties and rank and testing and levels and blah, 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 blah. Um, to which, I mean, our school is pretty eclectic. It's an independent school. Um, I've been affiliated with several organizations in the past and, and now really I don't affiliate except for with, with uh, the Bujinkan and, and Jack Hoban. Uh, we have a, uh, you know, in a, re a relationship. Um, I have a relationship with a few Israelis and Israeli organizations, um, but they, those are more informal, I suppose. I, I don't represent them as a school. Um, we're just an independent uh, organization, and I teach... What I know, if you want rank, we can get you rank um, if you're looking for that. But um, it, it's not what some people think. And I, I'm pretty certain it wasn't what this young man was thinking as well. So I think he was trying to figure it out. And he left early, so my guess is he won't, he won't become a student, which is fine. Um, you got to find a little technical glitch there. Sorry about that. But anyways, I was talking about this this young man who came to our local academy class, and uh, and he's watching our classes, and you know he has a little bit of experience in Krav Maga, 
and uh, he's just, it's blowing his mind one way or the other. <clears throat> he's like, what the heck are they doing? So the hidden and the seen, a lot of people don't get this idea, and not to be all drama-filled or esoteric or, or anything like that, but, but there is a lot to protecting yourself and being a peace walker and learning self-defense, there's a lot more that is unseen versus what you think you see. And our class is a great example of that when we're teaching at the local academy. Um, there's a lot that you don't realize what's going on. And it's really hard to explain to people. So if they don't have a certain level of trust um, in me, right, and the instructor or the approach, then it's just really lost upon them. And I get it. Why would you have faith or trust in someone that you don't know? That's why, that's why we, uh, we try to find a system that we think is going to solve that problem. But it's so interesting that, that um, it's very branded, meaning if you take self-defense or want to learn how to protect yourself, it's very branded. And most of the time it is very off. It's very off. It's just not right. Um, for instance, now Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is very popular. I wouldn't consider it really a good self-defense system. It's a good fighting system if it's a dual, empty-handed, single-person um, combat, meaning one-on-one, -on -one, in very particular circumstances. It can be very effective. But, but as an overall approach for self-defense, probably not the one that I would pick. Um, you know, getting out of ground type in engagements, absolutely. But for general self-defense, probably not the right one. It's, it's uh, like, like pretty much every style, you know, the solution is always what they are into. Meaning with the grappling system, every solution is grappling. <laughs> with a knife system, every solution is knife. With, you know, if you're into guns, then every solution is about a gun. And that is not really what you need for self-defense in real, um, in the real world for civilian usage and so forth, um, or any usage for that matter, just for being a protector. You need to be well-rounded and you need to know how to control tactical space and all this, a lot of things that isn't grappling or isn't about whatever it is that you're um, attracted to, like shooting or knife fighting or stick fighting or grappling or boxing or kickboxing or you know whatever it is, <clears throat> being a ninja. <laughs> so anyway, so this guy's watching it, and, the, and there's a lot more hidden than the scene, and you could tell he wasn't getting it. He had a certain, I think he had a certain idea in mind of what that should look like, what class should look like, what, what in his mind, Krav should look like, and I don't think this was matching, and he just... He was, seemed to be very confused. So my guess is he'll go wherever it is that matches what he thinks more. And um, it's also interesting because I think a lot of people nowadays, you know, they watch YouTube and they do this research and they think they know, but they really don't know. Um, and that part is hard, I think, because you don't know what you don't know. So this idea of emote, of the, the front side or the scene side, is 
you know, you, you do your research, you, you view, you get your opinions and all your data and you go out and you watch and you think you see what you see. And then there's the aura, the, the shadow side, the underside, the side that is hidden. Um, and unfortunately, by the time you get decent enough to feel comfortable with any, any system, um, you're already kind of indoctrinated a little bit, but you don't know what you don't know and you don't understand a lot at the forefront what you're learning. <clears throat> it takes time for that to come out. It, the seeds are being planted, but you don't even really know it. And I know this is kind of a cryptic uh, episode here, but sometimes in your training, there's things that are obvious, like, hey, here is a, a defense from a knife threat to the belly. And there is the hidden of what you're learning in some classes, right? You're learning about confidence. You're learning how the body moves. You're learning how to stay in shape. You're building a different perspective to not look like a good target. You're learning a lot of things that are kind of hidden that you don't even realize. Now, this makes it very difficult for someone who's coming into training because what the hell do you do, right? How do you pick the right thing? And um, there's really not a good answer for me for you on that, or for me to give to you on that. But just understand that there is the seen, and then there is what is not seen in, in training and in self-defense and all this uh, idea of being a protector. Some of the people who don't look like they could protect themselves as much um, are better at it than the rough and tough looking guys. Right now, it's very prevalent that people go to like former military folks who have been Navy SEALs or, or Green Beret or Delta Force or whatever to learn how to protect themselves. And not the best guy to learn from, I don't think. Um, they, they have a lot to offer. And hey, if you're looking to be a soldier, you're good to go. If you're looking to be on a assault team, you're probably good to go. If you're looking to deal with um, conflict and violence in the manner which they were taught to do it in the military, then you're good to go. However, most of us are not. Now granted, that's on the obvious side, right, with training. On the shadow side or the secret side or the underside of training with military style approaches, you build a lot of confidence and resiliency. You build the, the power to overcome adversity and to move through things. And that is, those things are good. Those things are actually more beneficial than the techniques themselves. But most of the conflict that we run into is not physical in the manner of which people address it. And it certainly isn't physical to the degree of, you know, needing to know how to storm into rooms and 
and do an assault type of a circumstance, especially small team tactics. The likelihood of you being in a situation like that is not very likely. And there's a lot more to learning to protect yourself and other people than, you know, knowing how to take out active shooters or doing three gun stuff or learning how to choke people out with triangle chokes on the ground. There's a lot more to it. Um, A lot of skills that are necessary for learning to protect yourself in, in the real life, real time of urban life is a learning how to be confident, learning how to be resilient, learning how to verbally communicate, learning how to carry yourself differently, learning how to understand when you're in danger, learning how to approach someone, learning how and where to stand when you're talking to someone, learning how to move in relation to a conversation, not just a sparring match. So there are a lot of things that one can do to learn these things. However, it's not necessarily easy to pick out what's going to be necessary for a real situation. It's way more sexy to learn to do all the all the real flashy stuff. <coughs> now, flashy stuff or things that are fun to train, or the sport of it. You know, who doesn't like sparring? You know, you love sparring, doing boxing, kickboxing, you know, rolling around with people, doing jiu-jitsu, uh, knife fighting, you know, have some plastic knives or rubber knives or whatever and some gear, and you'd go knife fight or stick fight, or go into the range shooting or a shoot house shooting. And those are, and those are use, useful skills. I'm not saying they're not useful, but that's the omote. That's the obvious stuff. The ura, the um, not obvious stuff, are the attributes that training those things give you. And for instance, like in our class, when like the other the other day when I was talking about this this young man coming in, you know, learning to instinctively move to the place of advantage is a skill. Learning instinctively to take someone's balance is a skill. Learning instinctively to align your body to have the most amount of uh, organization is a skill to learn. Learning how to utilize three dimensions is a skill. You may not know what all this stuff is, so don't worry about it. If you ever train with me or get on Peace Walker or come to our local academy and hang out long enough, you'll you'll learn to understand what these things are. But these things are imperative when it comes to protecting yourself in real life. It's not just about a technique. Techniques are great as long as they're working, but oftentimes they, they disintegrate or break apart under pressure. So learning these other things... And these other attributes that I'm talking about right now, about tactile space, you know, finding the place of advantage, balance points, you know, how do you find the leverage and balance of any situation, organization, so organizing yourself in a way that's going to be more resilient and strong, 
three dimensions, you know, understanding a multidimensional approach to gain the advantage. These things are not just physical. These things are verbal. These things are psychological. These things are emotional. These things are social. And if you, when you learn how to do these things and apply these principles to all these different modalities of an engagement, you become very powerful in being able to control circumstances more and or know on when to and what to do to avoid you know something bad happening but this isn't obvious stuff right it's a simple concepts just like a push-up right simple concept but you've got to do push-ups to get stronger it's not just about knowing the concept you have to apply it so same thing with with these principles you've got to apply these principles over and over and over and over and over again in different circumstances to start to see how it all connects and to learn how to instinctively go to and align all these things up in a way that are benefit that's beneficial. So the emote is what is seen in your training, right? The obvious things. The ura is what is not seen in your training. And believe it or not, it's like the tip of the iceberg, right? The ura, the things not seen, oftentimes outweigh the things that you see. When some, we just had a test a few weeks ago, and uh, when people come and watch the test, which is usually about four or five hours, <clears throat> they only see the few hours that these people have trained and what they're doing there. What they don't see is the hundreds or more hours that these folks have trained and the time that they put in to get to the point to where you can see the obvious right or like a like a painting you you look at a painting and you just see the tip of the iceberg of what that artist has had to do to be able to paint that painting only the tip of the iceberg you only see the result of all the hours, all the education, all the work, all the blood, sweat, and tears that got the person to the point to be able to paint the picture that you see. Sometimes people do not understand what they're seeing, just like that young man who dropped into class. I don't really think he understood what he saw. It didn't match what his experience was in the past. He didn't, he only saw the emote and it didn't match what he thought it should, I think. Now, it could be totally wrong. He could, you know, in this next intro session, I could see his name on there and he may be registered for it. Who knows? But there you go. There's your tip trick and the tactic of the day. It's the emote and ura, the seen and the unseen, the seen and the hidden, the front and the back side. Um, don't underestimate what you don't see with your training and try to be curious about that part of it so you have what you do see what you are practicing but think of some things that aren't readily seen but you're developing on the inside so there you go there's tip trick and attack of the day thanks for joining me again this is Craig Gray you're on the Peace Walker podcast if you haven't yet, get on my six-day defense program at sixdaydefense.com. 
It's all spelled out except for the dot and you'll get access to that home study course and my almost daily emails. Again, that's sixdaydefense.com. All right, folks, thanks for joining me. See you in the next episode. The question is, in today's day and age, how do you protect yourself, your family, and your community more effectively? Well, my name is Craig Gray, and today on the Peace Walker podcast, we're going to answer those questions and a whole bunch more. You're going to learn the power of protection, the art of influence, and the confidence of clarity as you build a protector's lifestyle to live, to protect, and to inspire at a whole new level.